Well, welcome back once again to the Counter Vortex with your ranter, Bill Weinberg, ranting at you in the wee hours of January 7th, the night after a horde of pro-Trump rioters stormed the United States Capitol building and interrupted the session of Congress at which the Electoral College votes were to be counted having been directly egged on to do so by Donald Trump and his minions, including Rudolph Giuliani, in a uh, rally on the National Mall, where Trump urged his followers to march on the Capitol building, saying, you will never take back our country with weakness, quote-unquote, and Giuliani called for trial by combat, quote-unquote. Amazingly, the crowd was able to actually enter the Capitol building, breached all the security cordons around it, and enter the Capitol building. And if you compare the harsh measures that were taken against Black Lives Matter protesters in Washington, D.C. last year, most notoriously on June 1st in Lafayette Square, you can't help but wonder if there weren't elements of the Washington, D.C. National Guard, which, recall, is under federal command, that did not intentionally stand down and let these hoodlums pass. The congressional session was shut down as the thugs actually occupied the chambers, both of the Senate and the House. By the time it was all over, by initial reports, there was one dead, a protester seemingly shot by police, uh... According to the latest accounts, although the details are still very sketchy, the death toll stands at four. And uh, now, at last, there is considerable less equivocation about calling this an attempted coup d'etat, which is exactly what it was and what it remains, because it is not over yet by any means. Unfortunately, I'm still hearing some equivocation on it, even now, but considerably less. I think this has been a real wake-up call for the country. It's been interesting to watch just over the course of the day that all this was going on, how the media nomenclature changed. And this is very telling, where initially the Trump followers who breached the security cordon around the Capitol building stormed the building, occupied the chambers, carrying Confederate flags and Trump flags. Initially, they were called protesters, <laughs> which is just <clears throat> so deeply, deeply irksome. I mean, for starters, what they did goes well beyond protest. And in any case, one doesn't want to apply so honorable a word as protester to these reactionary hoodlums as if they were Black Lives Matter or actually protesting some real injustice as opposed to sabotaging the democratic process and themselves carrying out an injustice. Then later, even more maddeningly, media commentators and reporters started to refer to them as anarchists, which is extremely personally irksome to me. Anarchists? carrying out the orders of the president? What are you thinking? 
This is the precise opposite of anarchism. This is an attempted right-wing coup, egged on and fomented by the sitting president. Anarchist, my sweet patootie. Then, as outrage began to mount and the reality began to sink in as to what was actually going on, commentators started referring to them as terrorists and even insurgents. And, uh, you know, I really, I, I hesitate to use the word terrorist because it's just become such a politicized word and it's just sort of become, a, you know, a label for anything that you don't like. You call anybody you don't like, you call a terrorist. I really think that that word, uh, you know, has been subject to such abuse that it should only be applied in the most, you know, narrow and rigorous sense. The people who, you know, actually operate in clandestinity and set off bombs in public places without warning. <laughs> and operate in, you know, small underground cells. What we were looking at was arguably more dangerous than terrorism. I just noticed that some media presenters have started to now call them insurgents. Also not quite right, and arguably entirely too honorable a word to be applied. But what I haven't heard is the most accurate term. The term which is conspicuous by not being spoken, because it cuts too close to the actual reality that we're facing. The F word. Nobody is calling them fascists. And I contend that's what they are. Far-right rabble stirred up by the sitting ultra-reactionary president to disrupt the democratic process, derail the peaceful transfer of power and democratic rule, legitimate democratic rule, and instate a dictatorship, which has clearly been what Trump has wanted since day one, since he announced his candidacy way back in 2015. He has left no room for ambiguity in his contempt for the democratic process and his aspiration to set himself up as this country's strongman. And it amazes me that five years later, even after what we witnessed this January 6th, people are still incapable of seeing it for what it is. President-elect Biden went on TV with his own statement in response to the uh, situation, saying that it, quote, borders on sedition. Borders? A far-right rabble with Confederate flags storm the Capitol building, disrupt a session of Congress, and occupy the chambers of the House and Senate? And Biden is equivocating by saying that it borders on sedition? When does it actually become sedition? If this is not an assault on the constitutional order, I would love to know what is, Joe. Then, of course, we get the inevitable line, this is not who we are, quote, unquote. Well, it certainly isn't what all of us are, if, you know, by the first-person plural pronoun, we mean citizens of the United States or residents of the United States. But it is quite manifestly who some of us are. Far too many for comfort. Far too many for this d degree of denialism and equivocation. And then, quote, America is so much better than what we see today, end quote. Well, is it in fact? 
We're going to find out. In the remaining two weeks, between now and January 20th, we're going to find out if, in fact, America is so much better than what we saw on Wednesday, January 6th. But Biden's weak and equivocal response reminds me again, as I've been reminded so many times over recent years, of the famous line from the poem by Yeats, the best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity. So what happens in the coming days and even hours is going to be absolutely critical. Initially, there was talk that um, Congress was going to attempt to reconvene tonight as I'm ranting and finally complete the count of the electoral votes. And maybe, optimistically, some of the something like 100 Republican representatives who had pledged to raise objections will be shamed by what we witnessed out of doing so. But uh, I've been um, following the news for the past um, few hours. It's now the dead of night. It's now the, the, the wee hours of, um, of Thursday the 7th. And I haven't heard that Congress has actually reconvened. Perhaps more significantly, there's been some talk, although again, it's all very vague and sketchy. Nobody has actually spoken on record for attribution about it. But there has been some talk that the cabinet is considering invoking the 25th Amendment, which provides mechanisms for removal of the sitting president if he has become incompetent or incapacitated. Certainly, this is something which we have to demand. Now, it isn't like uh, it's a get-out-of-jail-free card, once again, because it's a, a lengthy and cumbersome process. The cabinet get, you know, has to invoke the 25th Amendment and make the case for the removal of the president, and then the president gets to make his counter case, and it gets batted back and forth, and the whole process could actually last longer than the two weeks we have left before the inauguration is scheduled to take place. But that isn't the reason not to do it. Similarly, for that matter, even though there almost certainly isn't time to see it through, I suppose a second set of impeachment proceedings could be launched. And the reason that such measures are important, despite the fact that there probably isn't time to actually see them through to the conclusion in the two weeks remaining before the scheduled inauguration, neither the invocation of the 25th Amendment by the cabinet, nor impeachment by Congress. The reason it's nonetheless important, and this is what everybody is so reluctant to face, is that it could well come down to a matter of sheer force, where Trump actually attempts to use the military and the federal police apparatus to consolidate his rule and to forestall the transition and all the niceties of legality will be shunted aside. And it comes down to the mere principle of might makes right. I have been fearing, and I still fear, that in the time remaining to him, he is going to launch military action against Iran, so as to throw the entire world, the entire globe, into crisis. And in the background to all of this, tensions with Iran are escalating fast. Iran's navy just seized a uh, South Korean flag tanker in the Persian Gulf. Iran, just in the last few days, started um, 
enriching uranium beyond the levels which were permissible under the 2015 nuclear deal, which is now defunct. President Rouhani has made um, threats on Trump's life, saying on the one-year anniversary of the killing of Qasem Soleimani just a few days ago, quote, in a few days, the life of this criminal will end, referring to Trump, end quote. We may hope that he meant Trump's political life. And Iran also um, is asking Interpol for a red notice for the arrest of Trump for the killing of Soleimani. Also a development just the last few days. And uh, finally, um, the Pentagon has ordered um, its aircraft carrier, which has been on patrol in the Persian Gulf since November, the USS Nimitz, to remain. Uh, It was supposed to return to its home port of Bremerton, Washington this week. And uh, Pentagon brass just reversed the order, telling it to remain. So war could be just a shot away in the Persian Gulf. And then I'm also more concerned than ever about domestic use of the military, obviously in violation of the law, but the law clearly means nothing to these guys. And this time it was, you know, a rabble that was sicked on Congress yesterday, January 6th. Next time, it could be the military. And I keep having flashbacks to October 4th, 1993. Does anybody remember what happened on October 4th, 1993, when the White House, the Russian Parliament building, was ordered shelled by the military by President Boris Yeltsin? In Russia, the White House is the Parliament building. It's the equivalent of what they call the White House there is the equivalent of what we call the Capitol building here. It's not the presidential residence. That's the Kremlin Palace. The Russian White House is their equivalent of the Capitol building. And it was shelled by the military at the orders of Boris Yeltsin on October 4th, 1993, when he was, uh, you know, feuding with the the parliamentarians and the country was in the midst of a, a constitutional crisis over his, uh, you know, package of economic reforms, which essentially would have, you know, ended the command economy and stated free markets in Russia. Boris Yeltsin prevailed in that struggle, remained in power, passed his economic package, but at the cost of the Russian parliament building being shelled by the military, leaving big gaping holes in the side of the building. So uh, it can't happen here. How long are you going to keep saying it can't happen here? When does that empty ritual mantra start to wear thin? After what we saw yesterday, are you still going to continue to say it can't happen here? And this is why invoking the 25th Amendment and new impeachment proceedings are important, are vital, are imperative despite the fact that there isn't enough, probably isn't enough time between now and January 20th to see them through to their conclusions, because it is another cloud on the authority of the president and will give more courage and more legitimacy and more moral authority to the generals at the Pentagon and to the grunts in the barracks to refuse Trump's orders, whether to bomb Iran or to bomb the Capitol building. This 
is the demand that we must urgently be raising. The cabinet must invoke the 25th Amendment. The House must launch new impeachment proceedings. It must happen now. And of course, nobody's listening to me. So it's up to you all, those few of you who in fact are listening to me, it's up to you all to raise this cry, to get onto social media and make this go viral. Once again, just like Trump's minions have made Stop the Steal a popular hashtag, we have to make Stop the Coup a popular hashtag. We've got to put that out all over the damn place, both on social media and in real life, out there in the meat world and in the streets. Stop the coup. Invoke the 25th Amendment. Launch impeachment proceedings and call upon the Pentagon to refuse Trump's orders. He has no legitimacy. He has been seeking to impose a fascist order in this country from the very start, from 2015, and now the mask has come off completely. And if you don't see it, it's because you don't want to. It is far too late for denialism and equivocation. Stop the coup. Raise the alarm far and wide. Now, while there is still time, this has been Bill Weinberg with the Counter Vortex. Check us out online at countervortex.org. Support us on Patreon. Join the Counter Vortex. Join the resistance. And rant on you next time.